0: Amen. We are excited about what God's doing. You know, it's really cool because we're getting testimonies now and and people coming up last night before service had a lady come up and begin to share with me how that, you know, just some of the little things are making some great big changes in their life. And a member of her family that has uh, called her for years, and, and they'd be on the phone. She said, we'd be on the phone for a long time. Most of the time couldn't figure out how to get off the phone. And, and uh, it was just all negative, and it was all... And she, finally she said, well, you know, you know what Pastor Tom says, let's do that. And so they started praying on the phone, reading scriptures to each other on the phone. She said that uh, other family members are calling her, telling her, I don't know what you did, but keep doing it. You know, some of these little changes make a huge difference in your life. You know, the reality is is that most of us are just, you know, one or two steps away from a great breakthrough. You know, Revelation three twenty, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and sup with him and he with me. He said, God said, I'll have fellowship with the guy who opens the door. I'm coming in. So, you know, if he's at the door, that means that you're at the threshold of God's participation in your situation. Think about that for just a minute. You're just right at the threshold of God stepping right in to the center of your situation. You know, having that, that fellowship, you know, uh, getting that door open and, and, and just, I mean, we're so close. We're so close in so many areas of our life. And, you know, the enemy's wanting to, wanting to talk you into caving in and giving up and quitting. Uh, and today I'm here to tell you, don't you, don't you dare do that. You, you know, well, you don't know the mistakes I've made. Well, we're not exactly wanting to run around with poster boards on any of our lives. You know, uh, there's, there's none of us in the room that are, that are perfect, that are perfected, that are, that are complete. You know, God's still working on us. We've got areas of our life. The, 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 the issue is, is, are you wanting to grow? You know, are you, are you wanting to grow? I, I know that there's people, there might be people in the room today, uh, but there's people all the time that, that you know, they're just exploring God. They're exploring Christ. They're, they, 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 you know, they haven't made any life commitment to this thing yet, and 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 uh, and they probably wouldn't mind telling you that, you know, sometimes they just think you're a little bit off, you know, and and uh, they 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 are a little uncomfortable in that church environment. But if you've been hanging around the church for a while, you know, you need to stop exploring Christ and you need to start growing in God. And, and, you know, we've been talking about the three chairs, and, you know, you, you have this complacent chair. The third chair, that's a, that's a complacent chair uh, uh, that eventually ends up in conflict. People who sit in the chair of complacency, it's not long till they're in conflict with God. They're mad at God. They're mad at God. We talked to, uh, you know, uh, to a guy this week who's really, really, really mad at God because of the way his life's going and the way his, his family's going and the way his job's life is going and the way his, that life's going and the other life and God's not blessing any of it. Of course, he doesn't live any of it. God's style. He just, you know, but, but he's been to church and he thinks that that should be enough. Guys, that ain't enough. You know, to get God results, you got to live God life. John ten ten, Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. The word life in that verse is the Greek word zoe, Z-O-E. It means life as God has it. We're talking about a crazy good life that God has for you. More life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more health than sickness, more provision than lack. Where's that life at? Well, it's a different, it's not a different level of your life. It's a different lifestyle. I said it's a different lifestyle altogether. And, and, you know, sometimes in our religious mindset, we start building these hoops, and we're going to jump through these hoops. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about just living life like he would live it. And it's not the absence of death. It's just you got so much life in you that it swallows up death. It's not the absence of sorrow. It's just you have so much joy that way before you run out of joy, you're going to run out of sorrow. See, a lot of us, we could tell if we're living the right life or not by the stuff we're constantly running out of. If you're out of peace and you got more chaos than peace, wrong life. Hello? You know know what's crazy is that we're always running out of the good stuff. We're always afraid of running out of the good stuff, but in God's life, there's an abundance of the good stuff. And, you know, there have been moments in, in, in recent history, you know, that Shelby and I have, we've wanted to worry, but we can't. We're all out. Worry tank's empty. I got peace. Hello? Come on, guys. Let's live the right life. Let's get out of that chair. Let's make sure that we're staying out of that that, that chair that's going to end up in conflict. And and let's start growing in God and moving towards that first chair, which is commitment. But, you know, between, between complacent and commitment, there's compromise and uh you know and i I don't have enough time this morning to be really soft and gentle you know i I could take several hours and work you slowly up to my message i can't we you know uh, i put it this way we don't have time to date we got to get married and uh you know so I, i i gotta bring you right right to the altar today and tell you that most people sit in the chair of compromise in so many areas of our lives and, and and we're so comfortable with it. And, you know, when you're sitting in the chair of compromise, what you do is you, you compare yourself to people who are in conflict. Because that makes you feel a little better. You know, any time you're confronted with an issue and, and you got compromised in this area of your life, yeah, but I'm not like that drug dealer. Well, God wants you to have wholeness in life. And you're never going to have it If you hang out and compromise, you're going to have to make some decisions to press out of that and say, no, I'm going to be, you know, like that, like that guy in the Bible that said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve him wholeheartedly. I'm not going to be half hearted about this thing. You know, I'm going to serve him alone. See, in the, in the chair of compromise, there's all this duplicity. And, and it just depends on the situation or the circumstance that will determine, really, who's on the throne. And the God life that God wants you to experience and know and, 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 and to, to, to learn to celebrate is not a, a, a lifestyle that happens on a weekend, It's a 24-7, 365 lifestyle. So no matter where you are, that's who you are. Man, I'm blood-bought. I'm not changing because, you know, I, I'm, you know, someplace different. Come on, I'm talking about you now. You're not going to be different because, you know, you're walking through the Harley Davidson store, so you've got to toughen up a little bit, you know, and r- roughen up. And you're not changing because you wandered into the gym or, or you're on the work site. No, you're the, you're the guy that God's working in, and you're going to develop a lifestyle. You know, you've you got to get away from that Chester Dwarfs mentality. It's got, you know, you got your God drawer and you got your family drawer and you got your work drawer and you got your, you know, your clubbing drawer and you got your, you know, you got all these drawers. And depending on where you're going, that's how you're living. You know, I told you last week, and I just want to remind you that the list, remember the list? When I was a kid, they always, they taught us all the time about the list. You know, you got God and then you got your family then you got others and then you got a bunch of other stuff and then down here is yourself the problem is that that looks good sounds good it just doesn't work because you're 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 fractured god wants you to have a wholeness of life so that it's just man this is who you are everywhere you go everywhere you're not you're not separating your work life from your church life and your family life from your club and life and your club and life from your night life and your night life from your job life no you got god life and and you're committed to it everywhere and you know what you you might not be perfect but you're committed to growing and and, and can I just tell you that to get in the chair of compromise it takes uh n- just a decision. You know, nope, I'm, I'm not going to be complacent. I'm going to do something. But to get out of the chair of compromise, it takes great strength. Great strength. How many want to be really strong in the Lord? Isn't that what the Bible says? I think the Bible says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Can I just tell you, uh, especially, you know, you, you guys that uh, have the mindset and you're still struggling uh, with, with this grace issue. You know, um, grace is not a blanket you hide your sin under. It's an empowering agent that enables you to do what you couldn't do beforehand. So you're not living a life of sin because now you've been empowered by God not to. Right. And, and so uh, you, you got you got this empowering agent operating in your life and and, and, uh, you, and you're living right and you're living strong and you, you, you're actually becoming oddly enough, holy. You know, probably not the picture you have in your mind when you hear the word holy, because, you know, even in my mind, I still see the ladies with the hair in the bun and no makeup and their dresses so long it wipes their tracks out behind them. And, you know, and, you know, and I grew up in churches that, where they pass a Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket around because they're having a, a deliverance service. We had to spit our gum out in there, you know, because gum was of the devil. And I went into a bowling lane, you know, bowling alley one night and got us kicked out of a church and because we were bowling. Yeah, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being other than other than the world that your steps are dictated and directed by God. And listen, I, I got to tell you something that when the Bible says be strong in the Lord, you know, well, we're under grace. We're not under the law. There's a thousand fifty commandments in the New Testament. I don't get to live. I guess, I guess we're going to give you full disclosure, you know, this morning. Because, you know, well, I thought if I raised my hand and prayed that prayer that life was going to go good and everybody's going to love me and it's going to be cake and ice cream from here on out. That's what we told you to get you to raise your hand. Now we're giving you full disclosure and you're in a battle zone, not a recreation room. And you got to fight for this thing. And, and the fact is is that uh, this is one of the commands in the New Testament, be strong in the Lord. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Hello? Try to watch me. The guys are playing with the lights. Knock it off. <laughs> uh, it, it's, not, it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Strength is a commandment. If strength is a commandment, then weakness is a sin. See, you and I, uh, oh, man, I, I know i got to hurry, but I keep thinking of all these really cool things to say, you know, at least in my head. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, she was when she said I was loud in my own head. This is really good in my head, so just bear with me. Uh, you know, we don't like the word wicked. Wicked, wicked, that just sounds wrong. You know, and besides that, we're, we're church people. So we don't call ourselves wicked. We call ourselves weak. And we, Well, I'm just weak in that area. Weakness is a sin. And, you know, the Bible doesn't refer to it as weakness. It refers to it as wickedness. Maybe if we would change our mindset, it would help us stay away from the stuff that's killing us. You know, where's, where's where's the production of the promises of God in my life? Where's the passion of the zeal of the Lord like a fire shut up in my bones? Well, we're sitting in this chair of compromise. And we're trying, to, we're trying to fit in in a world that we've been called to stand out in. Not, not as some kind of freaky people, but as some kind of powerful, victorious people that have a heart for others, that, that, that realize that, man, he won the victory all for us. And we can share this with everybody we meet. Where's that passion? Well, it's, it's, it's been beaten out of us. Living in the chair compromise. Why? Well, because we don't have enough strength to really sit in that chair commitment. So, you know, uh, as, we, as we, you know, we shifted out of fasting, now, now we're moving in, in, into fitness. And, uh, you, you know, how many, how many of you are glad the fast is over? You know, dude, I'm happy the fast is over. I'm thankful about the results and, and, and all the things that are coming, but I'm also thankful that a chunk of chicken every now and again coming my way. Hallelujah! Just pause and think about that for a minute, and uh, you know, thankful. But 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 uh, now but now we now now we're moving into fitness. You know, and well, why are we talk about fitness? Well, at the at the beginning of New Year, so many people make New Year's resolutions, and, and chances are by now, if statistics are anywhere near correct, 80% of us have already broken our New Year's resolution. Why? Because we don't have a strength to maintain a, a, a new lifestyle, a new mindset, a new belief system, a new appetite. Well, we got to get strong. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to get strong. Hey, uh, I, I want you to do me a favor. If, if, if you work out, and this is pretty, pretty sad last night, how many, how many days a week I had to get down to to get people on their feet. But uh, if you work out like four days a week, you know, you're in the gym, in your house, uh, you know, along the road. Whatever it is, you do. But four days a week, you, you physically exercise. I want you to stand to your feet. We just want to honor you and celebrate you today because you're like heroes to the rest of these people. Okay. Hey, look at that. That's awesome. Okay? Now, 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 here's the deal. Is that takes commitment. Amen? You know, really, you, you can be seated. Uh, I was reading a book um, uh, younger every year younger every year and, and it's a study that's done on the health lifestyle of people who uh, live longer healthier lives after the age of 50 don't ask me why i was reading that book i was just i was thinking about shelby and thinking well i should probably read it and uh, uh, and and, and, the, and the and the number one thing there, she's not fifty; she's like thirty-five. And uh, the the number one the number one thing there was that it, it, the people and we're talking about a bunch of people that, that that they've done this research with. And the number one thing that they pointed out is that people after they reach the age of fifty, if they really intend to live a longer, healthier life, then they have to work out six days a week for forty-five minutes each day, keeping their heart rate in the fat burn level for 45 minutes, six days a week. And, you know, uh, and the point is, is that, well, you know, you almost have to have the same mindset that, well, you know, the same same amount of time, you know, that uh, it's the same thing, you know, it it might not take you 45 minutes to get to work, but you still have to carve out time of your day to make sure that you make the commute to work. If you want to keep the job, you got to get to the job. So you have to have this commitment that says, I'm going to cut that much time out of my schedule so I can get to my place of employment. You've got to have that same level of commitment that somewhere today, I'm going to find 45 minutes to get in. this You're going to have to have that kind of commitment. You're going to have to exercise to keep your physical body healthy. Thank you for that big Amen. You know, and what we do is we sit in the chair of compromise, which luckily is located at Red Robin, where they're serving us big fat cheeseburgers and we can watch on the screen while other people exercise. You know, we'll go to the Super Bowl. How many people are going to be at the Super Bowl this year? You know, uh, 100,000 people sitting in stands watching 22 people on the field, 22 men in desperate need of rest being watched by hundreds of thousands of people in desperate need of exercise and because we sit in that chair of compromise because we don't have enough strength to maintain our commitments so we're gonna we're gonna help you today and in the next couple of weeks and we're gonna talk about developing the strength that's required to succeed i want you to look at first timothy four and start at verse six in the message bible it says you've been raised on the message of faith how many you glad that you've been raised on the message of faith amen faith in god Faith in God and, and, and in Jesus Christ. And you've followed sound teaching. So pass on this counsel to the Christians there, and you'll be a good servant. How many you want to be a good servant? Come on, out. your hand should have went up. Okay, Well, I'm a nervous servant. That's not a good one. You want to be a good servant. Amen? A good Listen, what I want to hear at the end of my journey is, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear God say, What was that? No, I, I, want, I want to ring the bell for God. Amen? So he said, here, okay, so let's do this thing. Look at this next verse. He says, stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Let me talk just for a second. About, I, I can't spend a bunch of time here. But can I just, uh, as, a, as your pastor, can I just tell you, stop arguing spiritual things with non believers? So dumb getting into an argument with people who are not born again about spiritual things. The Bible says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit, neither can he, for they are foolishness to him. You're never going to explain it to him. You're Probably not ever going to get into agreement. He ain't ever going to give you a thumbs up. That ought not be your motivator in life anyways. If you ain't living to please him, you're living to please God. So stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Look at this. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Don't you love the Bible? Come on, exercise daily in God. Look at verse 8. Workouts in the gym, they're useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. I'm telling you that there's something about this God life that'll strengthen you and that'll that'll impact your life not for a little while, but forever. If you can get invested in the lifestyle of developing your spirit, man, it'll impact every realm of your life. You'll be a better salesman. You'll be a better carpenter. You'll be a better teacher. You'll be a better leader. You'll be better because that's what God life does. And all of a sudden, that grace, that God's ability on top of your ability, and you're accomplishing things that you couldn't have gotten done on your own in a hundred years. And you'll be ringing the bell. You'll be having great success. Why? Because God's plan is to prosper you, not to harm you. It's to give you hope, to, to pull you into a future that God has for you. But you've got to get fit for the kingdom. You've got to get in shape. And the reality is, is that most of us in, in, in different areas of our spirit life, we are weaklings. It doesn't take anything. Listen, I can have you offended within the next seven minutes. And we're all big old spiritual giants. Well, you know, we got, we got to toughen up, buttercup. Yeah, you know, we gotta get strong in the Lord. We we gotta we gotta get in that gym, in that spirit gym and start working out. Look at Luke. He's Jesus talking to him in chapter nine. Luke said to him, "Nobody having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom." And he's talking about a condition. He, he, he's he's saying when, when you look back, man, you're not in shape for this. And, and, you know, he's talking about, you know, hooking up to the plow and, and going, and, and in order to cut a straight row, you've got to keep your eye riveted on the target, on the mark, man. You can't, you've you got to stay in line. And you can look at a field that's been cut that way, and you can tell every place where somebody's lost their focus because it's just out of line, and there's so many areas of our life that are out of line because we've lost focus. And he didn't say that if you ran back to the world you weren't fit. He said if you looked back. You're not talking about setting your hand to the plow and then walking away. Ta- he said look back. It's a divided heart, and you're 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 captured by what you think you're giving up. But think about Lot's wife who. Turned and looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah. She didn't run back. She looked back and, you know, it's over. Why? Because it takes a different level of commitment. You can't have this heart that's torn and going back. Listen, the life that God has for you is way better than anything that you've come out of. So you want to press into this thing. Real quick, look at Isaiah 54, again in the message, starting at verse 2. Clear lots of ground for your tent. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Come on, guys. Think bigger thoughts. Dream bigger dreams. Believe God for more. God is able. Matter of fact, uh, Ephesians 2.20 says, now God is able. So, you you know, you're focused on your situation, your circumstance. But he said, even now, even though you're going through hell, right now God is able to do exceeding abundantly, above and beyond. Anything you could ask or think, beyond your wildest imagination, God's able. Think bigger. If your dream is to make it through the day, you're thinking wrong. Amen. man, you, you, you got to realize, no, my, my life's going to be used to, to influence my spouse, my, my children, my, my teachers, my classmates, my co-workers, my, my environment. Man, God's going to use my life to make a difference in this region. God's using me, and my life is going to do great things for God. Come on, think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. you're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid, you're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're, you're not going to come up short. You'll forget all about the humiliations of your youth and the indignities of being a widow, all that stuff's going to fade from your memory. God said, "I'm going to bring you to a place that is going to blow your mind away, but you are not going to get there sitting in a chair of compromise." You got to you you, you got to muscle up some courage and say, okay, I'm I'm gonna go for this God life thing. Look at this verse in the New King James, verse two here. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. I got to tell you, it's really hard for me today because Isaiah 54 has been a part of the fields house for a long time, and there's so, I could probably preach all day on this one verse and just getting bigger and believing god and, and and don't you know don't spare don't hold back spare not. and not and a lot of us that we live such a guarded lifestyle we're afraid that if we go all in for god that we're going to lose something are you kidding me i mean come on you go all in for god god's going to go all in for you makes a statement right there at the end lengthen your cords strengthen your stakes lengthen your cords strengthen your stakes today i just want to talk about a few spiritual disciplines that you need to get developed in your life and some of them they either need to be lengthened or they need to be strengthened and if you'll lengthen or strengthen these things that we're going to talk about you'll begin to grow spiritually you know uh uh, another study I've been uh, reading a lot of the research on, at this point, uh, uh, there, there's, a, there's a research, it's called Reveal. It's done in churches all across America. Uh, right now, they're, they're approaching 500,000 individuals who have taken, uh, you know, gone through this stuff, and they've got the results. And it's just crazy, uh, uh, the, the, the amount of input. And, and, you know, the problem with data is data usually doesn't lie. There it is. You just kind of got to deal with it. And it's amazing. They have people broken down in all these different sections in, in, uh, uh, of where they're at in their pursuit of God and, and in their God life and in, in the growth that they have. And, and, uh, uh, but but one, one of the shortcomings that, that we have and one of the things that is a hindrance that we have, regardless of what group you're in, there's a, this mass majority of people who are under the impression that it's somebody else's responsibility to cause spiritual growth. In our life. And I got to tell you, if you really want to get out of the chair compromise, and you want to get strong in the Lord, you're going to have to take ownership of your spiritual growth. You know, it's, when you go to the gym, you you don't, you know, you can get a membership and you can go down and whatever, whatever gym you want to, you know, go to, you you can hang out in there. You know, sometimes it's really cool to go to down to Gold's because they got those leather chairs and that leather couch and it's right across from the smoothie bar. And you can just hang out there, and the phone doesn't ring very much, and they got Wi-Fi, and you can tap in and get a lot of stuff done. But it's not really doing a lot physically to hang out there. You know, to spend a lot of time there. It's kind of like coming to church and having your membership and hanging out. But if you're not working it out, you're not growing. You're just getting frustrated. Because you you actually believe that if I do enough services... I'm going to be stronger. If you do the services without, without uh, the application, you're going to be weaker. You're going to be wore out. But you, you know, there's just some very simple spiritual disciplines that if we would develop in our life, we, we get strong. And quick. You know, if we would exercise daily in God, if we would quit putting that off and quit trying to swing, you know by the, by, by the gym once a week. I'm going to swing by the gym. I'm not going to lift anything. I'm not going to lift my hand during worship because was well, that' too heavy for you? Well, I'm not a good singer. We didn't offer you a microphone. We ain't singing anyways. I said, we're not singing anyways. We're worshiping. Sounds like sin. Well, good. But we're worshiping God. You know the, the word worship means to rivet your eyes or attention on someone or something, to sit at one's feet even as a dog sits at his master's feet. Look at his master's hands. It's the Vine's expository dictionary definition of the word worship. It's to rivet your attention to get your mind and, and, and you stand through worship services, and the only thing your mind on is on is you. Well, I don't do it because, you know, I don't want to offend the people around me. That's cute. But the reality is, is that you just think about you. I watch people during worship services that have conversations. Excuse me, you are not the focal point in this portion of the service. Oh, I know I need to be really careful lest I offend you. I probably already did, so it doesn't matter. The reality is, is that we have this wrong mindset. You know, it doesn't do any good to hang out at the gym. You got to work out. You got to lift the weights. Right, you got to look at your neighbor and say it's time for you to get stronger. Come on, Come, just, just look at somebody said buckle up, Betty. Here we go. Listen, how about prayer? Well, I pray. Well, great. Then then lengthen thy cords, stretch out stretch out your stretch out your your, your you know your boundaries. Increase your boundaries. But, if your prayer life consists of now, I lay me down to sleep, you need to strengthen that prayer life. You know what I think you should do, and, and you know i 'm thinking about making them for you, but i, I there 's part of me that just wants you to have to do stuff but you know I think you ought to get a book you know just just a small you know uh, you know spiral bound binder or something and you can go through and 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 a couple of weeks in advance you know because if if, if you if you go to the trainer and they give you your workouts and they tell you how many reps and this is how much weight and then and you're going to do this and 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 then you're going to move to that machine and you're going to do this and then you're going to go over there and i think you ought to think you just go ahead and get a couple of weeks laid out and uh, i double dog dare you that if you did it and and you got serious about developing your spirit man for 90 days at 90 days from now you'd be a totally radically different person and if you just put, if you just open it up and, okay, today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, in my workout time, I'm going to pray. And, and a lot of us are under the impression that we pray, but we don't pray, we complain. We complain and, and call it prayer. Or we go to God and tell God what he needs to get done today. And that's not really prayer. I mean, to go ahead and do it, talk to God that way, do whatever you, you know, but, but the fact is it's not really going to be effective. I wish I could tell you, I'll I'll be real transparent today. I wish I could tell you that I prayed because in Matthew 6, God gave us three powerful tools. He said, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast. And that's why we do these things because Jesus said, I wish I could tell you that's why I do it. Because Jesus said, I wish I was that good at following Christ. I'm not there yet. There's certain things that that he says to do that I still struggle with. I want to get better. But I do not pray because Jesus suggested that when you pray, which suggests you're going to pray. But let me tell you what, I got, I, I got to tell you my experience with prayer meetings, it was like pulling your stinking hair out. You know, I, we, we were in a church one time for quite a while and they'd have prayer, they'd have these prayer meetings on New Year's Eve. And I just wanted to commit suicide. Because it was the most long-drawn-out, boring mess that I'd ever been a part of, and it just like, it's just like what we're going to do is take happy people and see if we can choke the life out of them. And it just did not work for me. But when prayer became very much a part of every day of my life is when I started getting results, when, let me tell you the basic reason why I pray because God responds. And, and prayer, effective prayer is taking God's word into God's presence, and getting to agreement with God on that word. So what I want to challenge you to do is, is, is have some time where every day you are taking the word of God, so you're going to have to have the word too, aren't you? Because if you're going to have effective prayer, which is taking God's word into God's presence, well, you can't do that unless you got some of God's word. Oh, no, now we've got to get in the Bible. It's too stinking easy. Yeah, you, you, you know, hold up your Bibles, and 97 of us hold up devices that are connected to the internet. You know, and you, and you got BibleGateway.com and BlueWaterBible.org, and you got the, you, you know you version on there, and you got Olive Tree Bible software, and you got all this. It's too easy. If you can't find scriptures to pray on, see me, and I'll give you one for every day of the week for the next three weeks. And take the scripture, and go into the presence of God, and begin to pray the scripture. And, and, and you're not going in to get God to do something. You're going in to move yourself so that God can use you. Huh? And, and you're going to pray just like you would, just like you, you know, do curls in the gym. And, and, and you're, going to, you're going to find your scriptures. Therefore, if any person is in Christ, he's a new creature. A new creature altogether. The old, previous, moral, and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold the fresh And new has come. God, I thank you today. Because your word says if any person is in Christ, he's a new creation. That's me. God, I just thank you today. I am in Christ. Thank you for the blood. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. I am in Christ. That old nature is gone. God, I just thank you today that that, that I'm I'm not the guy I used to be. There's areas of my life that I know you're still working on, but I'm nothing like I used to be. And, I, Father, I just thank you that you're going to cause that new man to come to the front more and more and more today. The fresh and new has come. I'm just going to celebrate the fresh and new today. I'll just give you glory and honor today. That's what you're doing in my life. And, and, and then the next step that I want you to do is I want you to pause and shut up and just be quiet. This is hard for a bunch of Pentecostal people. You know, silence, dead air, dead air, you know, dead air, fill it, do something. But in this time, in your gym time, you know, you got the word and you're praying and and you just got to stop now. And you got to let the Holy Spirit begin to tell you what he's trying to say through that scripture to you today. Old things are passed away. Old things are passed away. Yeah, I probably ought to move on from that thing in my life that's passed away. I wonder why I've allowed that thing to have a grip on my life for so long. It's passed away. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm going to step away from that. You know, if that one don't do it, then move down to your next one. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. God, you're going to teach me how to do this today. You're just going to pause and you're going to contemplate this scripture. See, you need to pray. You need to have the word of God. And you need to have a private worship. You know, a lot of you are really uncomfortable in the corporate worship setting. It's because you ain't got a private one. Maybe it's time to turn off Hank Williams. And do something that will pull you into the presence of God, that will help your mind connect to the Spirit of God. You know, the, the other thing that you got to do, and, and I'm done, is you got to go public with your faith. You really want to grow in the Spirit? You really want to get strong? You're going to have to develop your prayer life, your word life, your worship life. And you're going to have to go public. And I'm not saying that you got to go down and get a family-sized Bible and start thumping it on your coworker's chest. No, I'm ta- what I'm saying is, is that you got to quit acting different at work than you do at church. You got to, you know, no wonder your kids are so confused because you have a, you have a home life that's different from your church life, and you have a you have a work life that's different from your nightlife. Your co-workers are, are, are messed up on Easter when they show up at, at, at the convention center and there's eight or 900 of us and they walk in there and they go, oh, hey, you're here today for Easter? And you, go, and you say, no, this is my church. And they say, this is my church too. And you're looking at each other going, shut the front door. I didn't know you ever went to church. You're a Christian and the guy passes out and we have to resuscitate him. It's happened hundreds of times. Because on the job, you're so radically different than you are in other areas of your life. This, my friend, ought not to be so. You know, I don't care where we are, what we're doing. It just doesn't matter. You know, if, if, if I drive over to espresso world, and the girl, when she's handing me my cup, and she says, how are you today? What do I say to her? Beautiful. Why? Because I want the next response. Old ladies always say, well, you should say handsome. Beautiful is a girl. No, beautiful is not a girl's word. The word beautiful means extraordinary of his kind, marvelous in thought and speech. And I'm, I'm extraordinary in my kind because God made me this way. Be, 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 before he squeezed me into the shape I am, he had a dream about my future. And that dream shaped, uh, shaped the way that God was going to form me. And then he sanctified me. He set me apart and distinguished me from all other creatures. And he has empowered me to live the life that will fulfill his dream. And I'm, I'm looking for somebody to ask me a crazy question. So that I can just tell them the truth. I, I just want us to be people that when, when we're on the job, man, this is who we are. Our life is spilling out. That's not just something that happens at church. This is, a, this is a service. You are the church. And everywhere you go, you know, man, I'm telling you, the, the influence of the garden or any other assembly of believers, that influence shouldn't be restricted to the walls that they meet within. No, we're taking this thing to the street, man, and, and, and we've got a boldness on us that's not afraid to just live God life everywhere. So weird to run into people from church outside. You know, get off the campus, get out on a golf course, and and, and you're going through the, you know, going around the turn. It's so funny because they they, 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 you know, they, the guys will be in there, and, and you know, and they're buying their beer, doing whatever they do when they golf, and they and they turn around and there I am, and it's like they, you know, you know just drink, it, just, be, you know, who cares? Just be you. And God's not done with you yet. He ain't done with me yet. But let's just get committed to growing. And quit trying to fake other people out of other places. Because what happens is, is one day, one day you're at the house and you're living your, 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 your home life. And a bunch of guys from church swing by. Oh, crap. And so you run them out to the backyard in light of a barbecue because you're going to be hospitable. And a dude from work wanders in the backyard. Now, you got three different lives colliding. And you're running around, you know, like like you're on crack or something. And, And your identity is split all over the place. And I got to ask you a question Which one of those people is God supposed to be working through? You got to spend some time in prayer. You got to take the word and get in there and pray that day. You need to worship and rivet your attention on God so that you have the strength. To be committed to that thing in every realm of life. Amen? Exercise daily. Exercise daily in God. It will profit you forever. Close your book. Bow your head.